You are listening to the Hill City Church Podcast. Our mission is to become and make disciples who walk with God, connect with people, and impact the world. Well, good morning, church. Oh, that was nice. Good job, everyone. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Scott Billings. I'm the lead pastor of a brand new church plant in the valley called Boise Church. And we haven't even had our first service yet. It's that new. Uh, We'll be in South Boise, uh, Lord willing, Lake Hazel, Five Mile area. Definitely uh, pray for us as we literally, I mean, seriously, we are partnering with what the body of Christ is already doing here in the Treasure Valley. And it is, we've been so blessed by Pastor Josh and by all of you at Hill City and just the welcoming, um, just, you just welcomed us in. Uh, and we are so thankful for that. And so many other pastors around the Treasure Valley have welcomed us in. It is something very special that God is doing here in Boise and in the Treasure Valley. And we're excited to be here and be a part of it. Definitely pray for us. Definitely pray for the launch team to continue to grow. We have a couple of locations that we're spotting, uh, one that might work, uh, but pray for that as well. And again, you can follow us at Boise.Church for the website, Instagram, YouTube, all that fun stuff. Uh, That's really, um, you can follow our story there. Uh, Pastor Josh is at Winter Camp, as you heard, and I have the privilege and the honor of sharing the word with you today. And and Pastor Josh called me and said, hey, could you fill in for me? And I said, great, Uh, what are we doing? He said, well, you're going to teach on patience. And literally in my mind, I, I, I said to the Lord, oh no. <laughs> because I know how the Lord works. That means that I'm going to learn some things about patience and prepping for this teaching, right? There's going to be some areas that I'm going to need to work on. And praise God, he, he has done that. And there are some things about patience that we don't like to talk about it, but I pray that you are encouraged this morning. That maybe you look at patience a little bit differently than what you have before. So why don't you bow your heads and bow your hearts and let's pray and let's see what God has to share with us today. Father, we thank you so much for what you have done uh, with Hill City Church. Lord, we thank you for the team. We thank you for just this awesome body of believers. You're working in them. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to, to grow and bless this church in ways that nobody ever thought possible. And Lord, I pray that as, as we continue to uh, look at your word, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, if there's anything that's in our hearts that is not of you, or maybe we've built up some walls in our hearts, Lord, we give you permission to tear those down. We give you permission to touch any area of our hearts. And Lord, I pray that these words would be yours and not mine. And we give you these things in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. How much of your life do you spend waiting? All of it. it. (laughs) Somebody's in a waiting season, I hear. Uh, If you were to add up all the, the time that you spend waiting on average, you would spend roughly, depending on who you are, four and a half to five years of your entire life waiting. And here's a couple of those things that you would be waiting for. So go ahead and throw up the first one. You'd be waiting roughly three months for red lights. 
You're never going to look at a red light the same way again, right? You're like, man, this is three months of my life doing this, right? (laughs) Or the next one is you spend four and a half months waiting in line. (laughs) Whether it's the grocery store or getting your coffee. There's a lot of it at the DMV, right? You know, there's a lot of that. Or this, even though we love them and we love them dearly, you spend over a year waiting for your kids. <laughs> Getting dressed, brushing their teeth, just waiting for them to go to bed, right? We wait for our kids, but we love them dearly. And the last one, we spend almost a year and a half waiting for things to cook. Now, you multitaskers that are trying to poke holes in my illustration, you're like, no, 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 like, I, pu- I put this in the oven, and then I do this, and then I th-. Hey, it's still a roughly a year and a half of your life. You wait for things to boil, you wait for things to bake, and as you could have guessed it, we're obviously going to be talking about patience, and nobody nudge each other. Husbands, wives, don't, I see that, I don't do that, right? We're going to be talking about patience, and patience is so important. Because it's not just being a good moral person that patience is all about. What is it really about? It's actually quite a bit more. And I've learned a lot of things in prepping for this teaching, and God has had to change some things in me. And I pray that God would encourage you and change things in you as we draw closer to him. And so let's find those things out together, huh? Let's see what God has to say. So go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 is where we're going to be. The context and the background of Galatians 5 is the fruit or the evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life. The fruit of the Spirit in your life. And it's in how we relate to one another. So everybody look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. The fruit of the Spirit is how I relate to you and to you. It's how we relate to each other. And Pastor Josh previously mentioned that love is the key to all of these things. That when you start with love, all of these start to flow out of your life. And so we're going to pick it up in chapter 5 of verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and patience. I think we have to ask ourselves the question, why are we impatient? I think we know the what, what we're impatient about, or what triggers us, or, or when, but what, what's the why? The why is we expect something to take a certain amount of time, and it takes longer than we expect. We expect somebody to maybe be a little more mature by now, and they're not. Or we expect God to act by now, and he doesn't. When we look at impatience, it's not just, oh, well, I, I, this is taking longer than I thought. With impatience, there's, there's irritation. You get upset. You might even complain. You might even get angry. It might even launch you into depression, which, hey, God wants to help you with those things. God wants to help you with those those things. And there's even traces of pride in there. There's even traces of pride because it's not going the way that we want. And if we could could just, you know, 
Look at this impatience, and impatience is what it could sum it up to be. Why are we impatient? What is going on? Impatience, check this out. I just learned this. Impatience is caused by our unmet expectations. Expectations of other people. Expectations of a situation that you might be in. It's not going the way that you want. Dare I say, unmet expectations of God. And, and what we think should happen. And what we think should be doing, what should be going on. And so if impatience is an expectation problem, what does God say we should do? And this is the amazing thing. This is why I love the Bible. Like, all of the answers are literally right here in chapter 5 of Galatians. Go to verse 24 of Galatians 5. It says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now, crucified is a strong word. Like, you, you kill things when you crucify things, right? You destroy things when you crucify things. And so you're saying, okay, God, I'm destroying my, my expectations of what should happen here. I'm, just, I'm getting rid of these desires. I'm getting rid of, of what I think should happen. Now, I'm not saying that you should never dream with God. I would actually encourage you to do that. I'm not saying that you should, shouldn't plan with God. I'm not saying you should do that either. You shouldn't do that either. What I'm saying is you simply need to replace what you expect to what God expects. We replace those things because God knows best. And when we submit our expectations to God, it might come out like this. God, is this okay? God, what do you think about this? Have you ever asked God that question? God, what do you think about this job or where I'm headed? God, am I right or am I wrong here? And we yield to what God is doing. We yield to the Holy Spirit. We align ourselves with God, align ourselves with the Spirit. And funny enough, isn't that also the same thing as staying in step with the Spirit? Wait, that's the next verse, verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. You're staying right where God wants you to be. You're staying right where you're supposed to be with the Lord. And the key to godly patience, if you could sum all of these ideas up and all of this stuff that we've been talking about, the key to godly patience, ready for this church, is surrender. Surrendering our expectations to the Lord. Whatever they may be. However we think things should go, surrendering our expectations of what we think should happen and letting God replace it with what he's really doing. That's hard, right? <laughs> That's really, really hard. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have zero, that you should have zero expectations. Some people might say, I don't have any expectations, so therefore I can't get disappointed, so I'm just kind of, kind of, you know, float through life. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is you want to take your expectations, surrender them, and say, God, what do you have? God, what do you want to do here in this situation? And how do you surrender those expectations? You simply have to let go. And maybe you have to let go of your control of what those things are. You have to let go of those things 
And this is not a one and done kind of a deal, guys. This might be a daily activity for, all, for some of us. It might even be an hourly activity for some of us. <laughs> where we let go of those expectations and you say, God, like, what expectations of other people and what ex- expectations of you do I simply need to let go? What do I need to do? And how do you become more patient? That's always a funny question, right? How do you, how do you become more patient? Well, a couple things. Number one, you abide with God, like you, you do the spiritual disciplines like what Josh has talked about. You're reading the Bible, which points you to Jesus. You're talking to God. You're spending time with him. You're pouring into that relationship. You're investing time into that relationship with God. You're hanging out at church. You're doing all those amazing things. Like God can bring up patience in those things. And the second way that God increases our patience is the way that we really do not like. And that is that God tests our patience. Right? If you, if you go into the gym, there's always exercises that you don't like. Right? And some of you are like, I don't go to the gym anyway, so it's not a problem. But like, here's, here's the deal. Like, there are exercises that we don't like. Like, you don't like leg day. It's terrible. I feel like I'm going to throw up. But, but, but God is like, look, this patience, you need to grow in this. And so God sends you situations that test your patience, and you're like, I don't like this, but God is growing you. God is, God is testing you, and God is growing you. And here's where I really want to encourage you with, church, that when you start to feel that rise of impatience, like something's happening, and it's really annoying, and you're like, oh, right? The reason that I'm saying this is because this happened to me while I was prepping this teaching, because God teaches you the the lesson first before you share, so you know what you're talking about, Right? <laughs> You get that rise in you of impatience and you just simply need to stop. That rise, and you guys know what I'm talking about. You feel it, it starts to rise up in you. You start to get maybe angry, you get frustrated. You get, start to whine, it starts to rise up. You need to stop and surrender whatever expectation that is in that moment. You need to surrender what you're expecting to happen and ask God, God, what are you doing here? God, what are you doing with this person or with this particular situation? So you need to stop and surrender. Say that with me. Stop and surrender. Oh, you guys are you guys are awake. I love it. Here's a couple of application points to encourage you. We need to be patient with people's maturity or the lack thereof. We need to be patient with people's maturity. Exhibiting godly patience is asking God, how do you view this difficult person? God, how do you look at them? Because remember, God loves them and God loves you. And instead of being impatient, maybe we should ask the question, God, how can I help them? God, what do you want me to do? We need to see the person not their problem. Because in impatience, we may have missed an opportunity for ministry. Let me say that again. In our impatience, we may have missed an opportunity to help someone that's really hurting. They may not even know Christ. They may not even know Jesus. In our impatience, we might 
have missed that. Now, I want to be honest. Like, you, all of you are having situations running through your mind right now, and you're like, well, I have to be patient with them? Like, they're terrible. Okay, here's the deal. They probably are. <laughs> but you know what? Being patient means sticking it out when they're wrong, right? That's the whole point of, of patience, to work through those things, to help them. Like, you don't act as, as a superior Christian. Like, you want to come alongside and, and help them in the wrong as you work through those things. And a question that we have this morning, who needs your patience right now, today? Who needs your patience? Maybe it's your spouse. Whew, now we're getting real. <laughs> Maybe it's your kids that needs more of your patience. I have, I have three amazing kids. Oh, and uh, one on the way. I'm very excited about that. Uh, <laughs> very excited. Pray for us. Uh, our, our oldest daughter, she is so, she's so sweet. Uh, but this one day, I just ran out of patience with her. Just totally ran out of patience with her. And I was pretty harsh with her. And I was like, Lord, like, I, that was wrong. Like, I shouldn't have done that. And the Lord's like, yeah, you're teaching on patience in a couple of weeks. So I'm like, oh, that's right, Lord. I forgot about that. <laughs> and I had to go to my daughter and I said, honey, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being harsh with you. Will you please forgive me? And she said yes, which, I mean, she's so sweet. It was an awesome moment. It was an awesome daddy-daughter uh, daddy moment. Maybe those are the kind of conversations that you need to have today. Where you say, I'm sorry for being harsh. I'm sorry for being impatient. And the source of my impatience was because I was expecting her to be a certain way when she's only seven. Right? Think about that. Like, it's our job as parents to guide and to instruct. And hey, like, we're there to help them. We'll help them grow into Christ. We want to help them with those things. Maybe it's a coworker or a boss, or maybe it's a classmate or a roommate where you're like, I thought this would be great. And, they're, and now you got roommates and you're like, oh Lord, what have I done? Right? <laughs> or maybe it's the church that you're at has no heat and you have to all wear like puffy, uh, puffy jackets, right? It's like the marshmallow service. I saw that on online a couple of weeks ago. But you guys did it. You guys did a great job. Like you guys totally were patient all the way through it. So good job, church. You totally got through it. Or maybe you need to have more patience with somebody at church or a church leader or dare I say a pastor, maybe a former pastor. And if I could just take a quick moment to just talk about people that are interested in ministry or maybe you're in ministry or you feel God calling you to ministry. Can I just share my heart really quick? As a spiritual leader, which is effectively a spiritual servant, as a spiritual leader and as a pastor, if you have unbiblical expectations of your flock, you're going to mess them up. God has called us to serve people. Whether you're a pastor, church leadership, volunteer leadership, it doesn't matter. Like as a Christian, God has called us to serve people. 
And we need to be careful. We need to be careful about the unmet expectations that we put on other people. We need to be careful of that because God has called us to lovingly and patiently work with them and to feed them and to nourish them. So just just share my heart. Like, just share my heart. If God is, is calling you to ministry, really watch your expectations because when you become impatient, it's because you're expecting the flock to be a certain way and they're not yet. And that's not really what God is doing right now. So really be careful like what God uh, has called you to do. Really look at those things and love them and say, God, how can I be part of their story where they're at and grow them to maturity? Again, guaranteed, there were some people that were patient with you. Guaranteed. Parents, pastors, family members, friends, guaranteed. And if you don't feel like you had anyone, there is at least one person that is patient with you. And that is God. Just like what, what was shared earlier in 2 Peter chapter 3, just read it again really quick. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And this is an amazing idea. I've never thought about it this way before. This is an amazing idea. Like God could have just closed the book on this world and said, we're done, we're out of here, but he hasn't done that yet, which means, Christian, that God has waited for you. And if you're not a Christian, guess what? God is waiting for you to come to him, to come to Christ. And even though that we were evil and we were full of sin and God still loved us when we were like that, he said, I still love you. Jesus died in our place. Jesus paid our spiritual debt that we could never pay. And he paid for it at the cross. And just like we did with communion, like his body was broken and his blood was shed. And he did that because because he loves you so that you wouldn't have to go through those things. And on the third day, he rose again, which means that if you believe in Jesus and Jesus lives, you live. And that's the hope. That's the promise. That's what God is, is waiting to offer you. And if that's you, and if you have never asked Jesus to forgive you of everything you've done wrong, you've never accepted him in as as in charge of your life, I want to give you an opportunity after this service to do that, to give your life to Jesus. God's waiting for you because he loves you so much. We want to pray with you. Again, we've been talking about patience with each other. But there's one more kind of patience that we need to talk about, godly patience, and that is we need to be patient with God's timing. We need to be patient with God's timing. Go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 6 if you can um, in verse 11 where we're going to pick it up. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So who do we need to imitate? Next verse. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself saying, surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. 
Now, the promise that God gave to Abraham was, you're going to have a son. I'm going to make you a great nation. And when Abraham got that promise, he was 75 years old. And it took 25 years for Abraham to have a son. That's a long time. Especially when you're 75. Right? That's a long time. And here's the encouraging part. The New Testament says that Abraham waited patiently in faith to inherit the promise. But from history in the the book of Genesis, did Abraham wait perfectly? No. Enter Ishmael. Right? Abraham and Sarah said, you know what? Maybe we need to help God along. Maybe we need to help God, you know, get things going in terms of this plan that he has for a great nation. And so they tried to help God out. They expected to have a son by now, which is why they said, well, maybe we should do this other thing, but that's not what God wanted them to do. And be careful, Christian, on rushing God. There's a time and a place for everything. Be careful by rushing God. And I just want to, like, the, the next couple of things that I, I want to talk about, I want to I do so lovingly and, and graciously because I know they're very tender topics, right? I know they're very, they're very sensitive topics. Guys and gals, if you're single and you have wanted to get married and you're just like, God, like all the guys are terrible, right? <laughs> and guys, you're like, all the girls like, are terrible. No, I don't know what to do. And you expect God to do something by now, and he hasn't. Can I just encourage you, Christian? Can I, just, can I just, just encourage you that God sees where you're at? He understands. Like, he loves you guys. And it's a good thing to want a believing spouse. Like, that's not a bad desire. That's not a sinful desire. It's a good thing to want a believing spouse. But the right thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing. The right thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing. And I would just encourage you, surrender your expectations in this. I know that's hard. I I know that's tough. But God will help you with this. God will help you surrender these desires and replace them with what he wants and what he desires. In the book of Ruth, it's, uh, we're not going to go there, just a quick summary of it, but Ruth was, was a widow, and, and she goes back to Israel, basically coming back to faith in God. And at the time, like, Ruth wasn't married, and so what does she do? She just did what was in front of her. And Boaz wasn't married, and what was he doing? He was doing what God had put in front of him. And then one cute little day, they met. They happened to be in the same place at the same time. And then as we know, the rest is history. But the key thing there is that they did what God put in front of them. Patiently waiting is not a lack of activity. You're not just sitting at home, just twiddling your thumbs. You're like, oh, I hope something happens, right? (laughs) Patiently waiting means doing what God has put in front of you now. Doing what God has put in front of you today. Because God has a lot of things for you to do today. Maybe it's this job that you're at, and you're like, God, I, 
Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I want to get it out of here. I was like, I want, to, I want to do something different, God. Like, why are you not opening opportunities? I don't get it. Or maybe you're, you're in the retirement phase, and every day you calculate whether you can retire tomorrow. <laughs> I, those that laugh know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> and you're like, God, when are you going to do this? When are you going to move me on? Or what about school? Like, will this ever end? Will this situation ever end? Or maybe you feel a call to ministry, to serve at church, and to serve in those things, whether volunteer or whether vocationally. Like, you feel a call to do that. I remember, like, when, when I was in high school, I felt a call to pastor. But I wasn't a pastor... <laughs> For 13 years. And here's the awesome thing, guys. You ready? In hindsight, like I look back on those 13 years, I would not have traded them for anything. And maybe God has you in that season. Maybe God has you in that place. And what I did is like, you know what, Lord? Like, I feel this call, so I'm going to get trained. I'm going to prepare. Like, we'll, we'll see what God does. We'll see what God does. I did what God had put in front of me today. And maybe some of you need to, to hear that and recognize, look, it's okay like to say, God, what are you doing? It's okay to ask those why questions. But I would encourage you to always land at surrender. Always land at surrender. God, what you want, not what I want, whatever you want. The last time patience we need to talk about is patience in the good and the bad. We all know about Job. You guys, are, you guys are well taught here at Hill City. You know about the story of Job, how he endured all those trials and all those sufferings. And maybe you're in a situation and you're like, it's, it's terrible. I don't even know what God is doing. I don't even know what's happening. God is good, even if the world is not. Remember, like when we talked about that God is patiently waiting, like God could wrap up this whole thing, but there are more people that need to get saved. There's more to this. And so God is good even though the world is not. And Christian, like the Bible says in 1 Corinthians that God is the God of all comfort. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. And maybe you simply need to be comforted today. I don't know the situations that you're in, but God knows the situations that you're in. You're asking a lot of why questions. Can I just encourage you? Like, like come, come for prayer after church. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for the God of comfort to, to give you that peace and to give you that relief. The Bible says to, to mourn with those who mourn. That we do that together as, as a church. And the thing that I love that in Romans 8, it says that suffering, not even suffering, can separate us from the love of God. The love of God will always be there. God will always be there for you. And maybe, maybe you just need, maybe you just need to hear like God, like God loves you. You can ask the why questions. Job asked the why questions. It's not wrong to do that. But God is good. And he loves you. And he has saved you from death and hell and destruction when you believe in him. This world is not the end. There's, there's, there's eternity that awaits us, and that's our hope. And maybe things are really good for you. And you're like, I, things are kind of good, Scott. Like, I, you know, I read my Bible, I, I pray, like, I go to church, I, I'm, I'm helping people. But maybe you're getting a little 
burned out. You're thinking, God, does all this prayer stuff make a difference? God, does all this, this Bible study stuff make a difference? Like, I keep helping this person or these people or this group of people out. Does, is it changing anything? Is giving to the poor changing anything? Is helping my kids, is it changing anything? And this is my word for you guys, Galatians chapter six. Like, Galatians is just awesome. Like, five and six, it's awesome. Galatians chapter six, do not grow weary in doing good, for you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Patience just isn't withstanding the bad. It's also continuing to do good. And I love this quote, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Do you look at people with that spiritual perspective? Do you care about people? Don't look at their problems, look at the person. Look at people. When you feel that impatience rising up in you, stop, surrender, and ask God, God, what do you want to do here? God, what do you want to do with me? And let's see how Jesus can grow the patience in all of us and to help those around us because this is the amazing thing, church. Just like God is patient with us, he wants us to be patient with each other. And he can do that for sure. If you need prayer, I'll be down here. The team will be here. I just want to encourage you guys, if you have not given your life to Christ, please, we want to pray with you. We're not going to be weird about it. We want you to have the best start possible when it comes to following Jesus. If you want to come back to him, maybe you have been away for a long time, you need to come back, or maybe you have some unmet expectations and you're like, this is tough. I, I don't know if I can do this. We want to pray for you. And if you just need prayer because you're like, you know what, God, you know what, Scott, I just, I just need prayer for, the, for going to the next step. I'm in a waiting season. I just need prayer. Like, we want to pray for you as well. Again, guys, we are here for you. And remember that God always loves you and is always patient with you. Amen? Amen. Let's stand and let's pray and let's have the worship team come out. Lord, we thank you so much for all that you do. Lord, I pray that you would help us grow in patience. Lord, I help, pray that we would surrender those expectations. We would surrender what we want to see happen and we want to yield to what you want to happen. And so Lord, encourage us, help us. Lord, those people that you have brought to mind that, that we need to show patience to, maybe even have a conversation and just ask for their forgiveness, Lord. I pray that we would be bold and we would have those conversations and that real change would take root in our hearts as we become more like you every single day. And Lord, for those that have not given their life to you or maybe they need to come back, I pray they'd have the boldness to come down for prayer. Lord, you'd, have, you'd give them the boldness to come down and say, this is, this is what I want. I need Jesus. And we give you all the praise and the glory for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Again, guys, thank you so much. Uh, it's been a pleasure to speak with you guys. If you want to get baptized, you can simply go to hillcityboise.org slash baptism, and you can sign up there. And that's just an outward showing of, <clears throat> sorry, I almost choked there. That's an outward showing of what Jesus has already done in your hearts.
And you get to do that with your whole church family, and that's an awesome thing. Again, God bless you guys. Again, as you worship the Lord in this last song, really ask God, God, what expectations do I need to surrender? And you just let go of them and let God replace them with what he expects and what he's going to do. God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Hill City Church Podcast. You can find out more about our church at hillcityboise.org. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Hill City Boise. We hope this teaching has encouraged you and helps you follow Jesus with everything.